I am a firm believer, Dave, that our ability to win in life is inextricably linked to the extent of our ability to create winning opportunities for others. And that's a little bit of a mouthful, but, you know, I can't say it any more, any simpler than that. You know, our ability to win is tied to others winning. And the kind of winning that we're talking about, unlike athletic competition, that doesn't have to be a loser on the other side of each of our successes. So this week we're talking about winning by lifting others up. You know, as Steve Harvey says all the time, when Family Feud comes on, this is going to be a good one. But uh, (laughs) your point is, is that we think that all of these are good ones. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I need to work on some of those Steve Harvey uh, facial expressions. He's, oh, yeah. He's got them, doesn't he? He's pretty much the best when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So at least from popular culture, I think probably a great example of winning by lifting others up is the 2009 movie called uh, The Blind Side. The Blind Side, one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and from what I've read, there were some liberties taken in the story, you sure. know, as, as they always do with Hollywood. But uh, it's a true story of a family adopting a homeless young man who later becomes a uh, first round draft pick in the NFL yeah. and extremely successful. Um, so, you know, basically winning by lifting him up and Uh, He won in the process as well. You know, that's an exceptional scenario um, that doesn't come along every day. And so I like like this quote that I found from a woman named uh, Sally Coke. And she said, "Uh, great opportunities to help others seldom come, but small ones surround us every day. So... Ah. A kind word to a clerk or holding the door for somebody who seems to need help. Those kind of small, yeah, those kind of small opportunities are with us on a daily basis. Yep. Well, I loved The Blind Side. I thought Sandra Bullock did an excellent job uh, in portraying that role and uh, what a monumental effect uh, it had. And here again, let's keep in mind, not just for that gentleman, but for all of the people that he will um, have an opportunity to touch as well. Uh, I am a firm believer, Dave, that our ability to win in life is inextricably linked to the extent of our ability to create winning opportunities for others. And that's a little bit of a mouthful, but, you know, I can't say it any more, any simpler than that. You know, our ability to win is tied to others winning. And the kind of winning that we're talking about, unlike athletic competition, that doesn't have to be a loser on the other side of each of our successes. Don't you just love that? Absolutely. It's just beautiful to me. 
Um, if I had to think of one actionable example that kind of stands out to me, <clears throat> uh, when I started work at Coca-Cola, the gentleman from one of our plants about 45 miles away came to orientate me. This was the first time that a Black person had ever <clears throat> been in the department, let alone having been promoted to advertising manager. Well, this advertising manager, white gentleman, uh, <clears throat> came to orientate me, and he'd come in, drive the distance for about three to four weeks until we kind of meshed. Well, <clears throat> after uh, our department uh, grew, and uh, I think you know me well enough to know that I don't just do things ordinarily. <laughs> we had about three people when I started, and I had grown the department now to eight people, and we were moving. We had picked a fight with Pepsi, and we were right in the middle of what we call <laughs> Cola War. I had picked the fight, and uh, we didn't care, or I didn't care whether we sold Coca-Cola's at that location or not. If it posed a great location for a Coca-Cola sign, we went for it. And so, of course, Pepsi reacted. Well, about six years after that, the gentleman who orientated me, the company was discontinuing sign painting in that facility. <clears throat> and this gentleman was given a choice. He could either take early retirement, he could drive a route truck, or he could drive 45 miles and report to me. Now, that's a tough decision by any stretch of anyone's imagination. I knew that he didn't want to retire. He was way too young. I knew that he didn't want to drive a route truck and he certainly had way too much talent uh, to do otherwise. So I found a way to invite my wife and my son to visit with his family. Had a lake house and it was a great day of fishing and swimming and just had a wonderful time. And when the opportunity was right, I made an appeal to him. I said that I don't have a management position for you, but I'd love to have your talent in Birmingham. Uh, we're right in the middle of this cola war. Uh, I'd love it if you would consider coming. He didn't give me an answer today, that day, but his wife did pull me aside to say thank you so much for interceding. So subsequently, as the story goes, within a week or two, he decided that he would take uh, that offer. He came in. We worked very well together. Uh, we think that we won the Cola Wars. And as my career continued to progress, he went on to become advertising manager in my stead. So in my mind, that was a story, I think, Dave, that ended well. Uh, I could have taken the position that doesn't matter to me, <laughs> decide to do what you want. Uh, but creating that winning opportunity for Chester and his family was huge for me uh, because that's what we are here for. Uh, Chester came and went on in about maybe three years ago, four years ago, just retired with a successful career at Coca-Cola. It was a win for everybody. The entire mantra of our institution is, why not win? Institute, work hard, relate hard. And by just taking the high road and interjecting me, very much like Ms. Nichols did, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. To make a difference in the life and in the, in the lives and in the families of others. Well, that's a great example. And it seems like in some ways, 
you two lifted each other up at different times, right? He was uh, extremely helpful to you when you, you first got started and then you were able to, to pay that kindness back down the road. And it's a great illustration of how, even if you don't do it out of the kindness of your heart, you should try to be good to everybody because you may need that person down the road. Yep. It was Earl Nightingale who said, treat everyone you meet as if he or she were the most important person on earth. Isn't that a beautiful philosophy? Treat everyone you meet as if they were the most important person on earth. And he says that you do that for three reasons. One, it is because to every person that you meet, Dave, they are, in fact, the most important person on earth. (laughs) Number two, that's the way human beings ought to treat each other. And number three, you initiate this character building theme within yourself that makes all of the difference in the world to your future success. I think it's something that we should all take to heart. I can give you an example that you might find interesting where um, I gave somebody a helping hand and then that ended up coming back and, and benefiting me years later. So when I was at Florida State, I was teaching in the part-time MBA program And I taught the last class in the program right before they graduated. And um, I had a student who was not on track to get an A, but he, he needed an A in order to graduate. So now we have a a dilemma and how are we going to find our way out of this? So um, I said to him, let me think about it because I can't just break the rules for you. Yeah. But I'll see if I can think of something. So as it turned out, part of the grading in the class was um, group participation. They all had group projects and they graded each other and that got reflected in the grade. So I went back to him and I said, I have figured out that just based on the numbers, everybody in your group can get no credit for group participation and they're still going to get A's. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you get all of their points, it will lift you up to get an A. So what you need to do is go around to all of your other group members and convince them to give each other zeros and award, <laughs> award you all of the points. So he did it. He went around and he convinced them all to do that. And so the math ended up getting him an A and he was able to graduate. So a couple of years later, he calls me up. He's working for a major defense contractor. And he said, "Um, my company is going to put in a bid for a 10-year, $11.2 billion contract. I need somebody to help me with the proposal and I want you to be that person. And I was like, wow, really me? (laughs) He said, yeah, you're the guy I want. And so um, it ended up being a highlight of my career. I ended up with a six figure uh, payday. Yeah. Yeah. 
I took some of that money and surprised my wife with a Jeep. We went to Colorado on vacation. When, yeah. we, when we arrived there, there was a Jeep waiting for her. She awesome. very, very much wanted a Jeep at the time. And to even go one step further, a couple of years after that, this person hired my brother into a position. <laughs> Just by thinking creatively about, okay. Thinking creatively. I don't want to break the rules, but I do want to help this person. What can we figure out? And yep. it helped him. And, you know, he didn't forget that. Sure. What a great story. And uh, what happens also, Dave, I think, uh, you know, we, you and I always like to kind of go to the opposite extreme, too, of the negative effects of not lifting someone up. Uh, and this particular story comes to mind of this uh, kid, young black male who told the story of his uh, grandfather, who was a Black Panther member and had taught him all of his life to reject white people, that they were evil and that there was no good and just this broad brush effect. And he grew up with this understanding and he tells the story about their car having broken down on the side of the road one night and this white gentleman stopped to help them repair the car and to get them back to town. And thank God, this is what should happen when we see actionable reasons to augment what we think. And he said that my grandfather told me that son, I was wrong and I've been wrong and I have taught you wrong all of these years. And I thought, um, you know, how cool is that? When we realize the error of our ways, there's an old Turkish proverb that goes like this. It doesn't matter how far down the wrong road you've gone. It is never too late to turn back. And how often is it that some of your colleagues and friends and family members and mine will use this old tired cliche and mantra. Well, you know, I've gone this far now. I might as well, you know, wow. And to hear his granddaddy say that, you know, I, I thought that that was just paramount to the development, the future development of this young man. And I was so thankful to have been in the audience to hear that story. So wonderful for a, a person to have an epiphany like that and, yep. and totally change their outlook. Yep, yep. Hey, let me mention this to you. Now, you know, 20 minutes of winning uh, and, you know, I'm in business. You are an eminent scholar, a professor of business at a very renowned university. So people tend to think that we uh, ought to be talking about business stuff, business jargon, economics, finance and accounting and all, you know. But winning in life and winning in business, I think, are just about kind of tantamount and nature. They are equaled. And so I want to just kind of remind uh, our listeners that, yes, it's about business, but it's about community. You know, it is about family and it's about you and uh, the extent of your ability to win, whether it's in business or whatever, it's all contingent upon your ability to relate and identify and to grow. And when you have those poignant moments, uh, be big enough to um, augment and change. Change is good. In fact, change is necessary for a wholesome life, I think. 
I've actually uh, dredged up some findings uh, from a research study that's really at the intersection between business and life. Right. Um, so this is a what's called a meta-analysis of 43 studies. It's basically where somebody will take the findings of a set of studies and combine them mathematically to arrive at the answer. Okay. You see this a lot in uh, pharmaceuticals where there will be, you know, a hundred studies of does Vioxx hurt people? They'll combine all those findings, reach the conclusion that it does, and it ends up getting pulled off the market. So this particular study uh, looked at employees without a mentor versus employees with a mentor. So employees who are not being lifted up by somebody versus employees who are being lifted up by somebody. 43 studies on that question combined. What did they find? If you are an employee who has a mentor, you make more money. You earn a greater number of promotions. You feel more satisfied with your career. You feel more committed to your career. Love it. And you're more likely to believe that you will advance in your career in the future. All of those things tied to having a mentor lifting you up. So we can also think about the other side from the perspective of being a mentor, being the person lifting somebody up. What sort of benefits do those people have? Greater job satisfaction and organizational commitment greater career success, and maybe most importantly, a higher feeling of work-related fulfillment. That's pretty cool. That, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, to our listeners here again, here you are operating uh, essentially at the top of your game. You are published uh, over and over and over again, professional writer, eminent scholar at a very respectful, respected university. You know, it doesn't get any better than that on the scholastic side. Here I am, you know, owning seven restaurants with an art degree, still producing art, by the way, serving on corporate boards. And we're not talking about business jargon. I just can't overstress this stuff enough. It's all about communication skills and honing those skills on a daily basis. Relationship skills, watching and the development of demeanor, disposition, deportment. The individual who will master these five areas, Dave, I think, and I see it evident in your approach to everything that you do. And I hope that you can see the same with me. Uh, We just want to offer this to the listeners. You know, we could very easily be talking about the next restaurant that we're going after my son and I, or the next two or three, but that's not, that's going to take care of itself. If we adhere to these life altering realities that makes a difference, not just in business, but in community and also uh, create opportunities for others to win uh, as well. Very well said. 
we always like to wrap up with a couple of practical tips. And so our first one is to be on the lookout for small opportunities to lift others up. Wow. You've told me, you've told me in the past that you go out of your way to compliment people on, let's say you run into a fellow who has a particularly attractive beard. You'll take a moment to point out to him how great his beard looks and say something to his girlfriend about, Hey, you better keep an eye on him. He's probably popular with the ladies. I did about two or three of those at the gym today. Try not to miss any opportunities. Here's my favorite one. If you probably, you've got this one too, is being at another uh, competitor. And uh, if I see performance, beautiful smile, I'll say something like this, Dave, I'm at Taco Bell, let's say. And I'm saying, wow, you have a beautiful McDonald's smile. And so they're giving this kind of a deer in head, like, look like, oh, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> so I said, <laughs> but they finally get it and they receive it as a compliment. And then I'll say something like, but you know, I just can't understand why you would be wasting a beautiful McDonald's smile like that at a place like this. And then I'll hand a business card and I can't tell you how many people we've hired and we train our people to do that, you know, because of simple, simply recognizing uh, people, recognizing individuals. Or as Earl Nightingale says, treat everyone you meet as if they were the most important person on earth. Well, and you never know who you run into that actually is the most important person on earth. You got it. I like the idea of finding something specific to compliment people on to, yeah. whether it's the smile or the color of their eyes or, wow, I love that shirt. Yep. It makes people feel so good. No question about it. Our second tip is kind of the flip side. Be willing to ask others to lift you up. And I, I think sometimes people are reluctant to ask others for help. But we miss a lot of opportunity. We, we, we absolutely do. And so if there's people out there that have connections that, that you could leverage or that have skills that you could leverage, um, you know, be, be really deliberate about reaching out and asking for help. My experience yeah. is most people like being asked and they like contributing and they like giving a helping hand when they can. No question about it. 